0: Taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hi everybody and I hope you're doing well. Uh, Before we get going, I just wanted to say thank you for the uh, positive feedback I've been receiving about the podcast. It's really nice to hear that um, some of you are finding it really helpful And that gives me the motivation to to keep it up and keep it going and and to find great guests for the podcast. If you're looking for further help for OCD, then do please check out my website www.robertjamescoaching.com And there you'll find my free mini course for OCD and anxiety. Uh, It's a short free uh, video course and there's also my blog and uh, some other resources as well. I offer coaching for OCD and anxiety based on my own experiences of OCD ...and the principles of acceptance commitment therapy. Today's guest is a musician named Josh... um, ...who started a project called uh, Canary Yellow... ...and the project is all about him expressing his difficulties with um, anxiety... ...and obsessive thoughts uh, through his music. It's a really interesting uh, interview where we discuss the importance of uh, vulnerability... um, ...how helpful creative activities can be for dealing with uh, problems with anxiety and uh, OCD Um, we go into detail about self-compassion and um, we also kind of look at how actually sometimes listening to um, music that resonates with how you're feeling can actually be really helpful Um, as long as you're not listening to sad music all the time because obviously that can lead to you feeling uh, really quite bad and when I was a teenager as I talk about in the podcast I listen to a lot of uh, quite melancholic music um, nearly all the time and it kind of, it really did kind of have a, an impact on me. However, if you can listen to, to songs that express uh, difficult emotions, um, it can actually be really helpful. And it's, again, we're, we're coming to this idea of not running away from difficult emotions. When you choose to, to look at and explore difficult emotions... Uh, maybe through music that can be a really good way of, of dealing with them Josh articulates his, um, his battles with um, obsessive thoughts and anxiety really well and um, he goes into loads of detail about uh, his experiences with this um, if you'd like to know more about Josh you can check him out on Instagram at thecanaryyellow and check out the show notes to find out more I really hope you enjoy it guys many thanks so welcome to the podcast Joshua hey Rob how's it going man yeah I'm great thanks so uh thanks for coming on and um to start off with can you just tell us a little bit about yourself please sure yeah um so uh my name
1: is uh, is Josh you know the short for for Joshua as you mentioned and um um you know I'm, I'm a music artist that um sort of you know uses music as a, as a navigation through, um, things like anxiety, anxiety, and, um, you know, um, the obsessive kind of compulsiveness that I tend to struggle with and that I've always really struggled with. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I've always felt, you know, misunderstood in that, in that way, as I'm sure many people do. Um, and, you know, before I was, um, a musician, before I was a music artist, music was always kind of there for me um, early on before I maybe knew I was having those struggles or or maybe what those struggles even were um, so I guess as a music artist I'm I'm trying to pay pay back you know what what it's always been for me
0: yeah absolutely and so so music is has been a big part of your life um, since you can remember really
1: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm 32 now. Uh, I'll be 32 this summer and um um you know, uh, I started playing music very young. Um I was certainly interested in music very young and right around the age of um 14, 13 in that area um is when I really started to dive in and um was very interested in in listening to music and and trying to be a part of music and in in those types of of things early on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh and when did you start to notice that that music and 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 creativity could actually be really helpful for for these um for the anxiety that you were experiencing and, and the mental health issues that you were struggling with?
1: Sure. Um well you know, I, I think um, you know, when I was very when I was very young, when I when I was interested in music, um listening to uh, the different bands and these artists who you know the music I was interested in was was very kind of emotive um you know uh, a lot of depth of of um you know just emotional I guess connection available there and I would kind of attach myself to that and you know I had a I had a a a very unstable upbringing um you know uh, I come from uh, an abusive home and um because Mm. of that you know music was really this thing that I'm I was able to um, kind of latch on to to, to make me feel like there was not only something that was um, hearing, hearing me or, or being there for me, but also something that could keep me grounded in situations that I couldn't really control. Um, and I think some of those early um, times of, you know, feeling that lack of control feeling not really able to, I guess, put my finger on my next move or, you know, those types of things is what led to that, you know, that, that sort of really would, would manifest it as, you know, uh, control issues or just the the feeling like things were not within my control, um, you know, often. So music was just a way to, to channel that. So before I was even interested in playing it, I was listening to it and I was taking comfort in that, you know, and it, it helped me feel, those those voids that maybe you know because of the the unstableness of or the instability of my of my upbringing it it just gave me this this beacon of hope or this this um this comfort um and and that's when i started i guess realizing although again i didn't have language for that i was young um but i could tell that i, I was always going to have a very strong attachment because of that and that's why ultimately you know i pursued it in that way and um you know wanted to pick up an instrument and get involved you know with it uh, early on
0: yeah 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 absolutely i i really do see the value in 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 music in so many different ways you know uh, not only can music be incredibly soothing you know just the, just the pure fact of listening to a nice melody or something can can lighten the soul or um you know it can have all sorts of uh, effects on you emotionally whether that's a positive or negative right. um but not only that but it's also the creative side of things now being able to to have a project that you you get in get involved with that can that can be so powerful um and it can really help i think with with mental health issues
1: i agree um you know early on um you know when i was starting to approach the idea of of writing music or writing songs um again i was very young i was i was uh, in my my kind of teenage years and uh, like I said, there was a lot of instability in my in my household. I am um, um, from a very young age. Uh, I was moving around a lot um, all through grade school. You know, all the way through grade um, twelve, I went to eight different schools, um, oh, wow. and that was yeah. It was it was a uh, it's a it was a heavy you know kind of thing. And yeah, and that was challenging
0: in itself. No,
1: it it was yeah, very very um difficult to navigate. You know, as a as a child, that really started around um uh, age. Seven is is kind of when the the moving around started, and um, I uh, my, my my parents it's my adopted father and my mother. Um, I have I've actually never met my biological father, so that was the, you know my my mother met my my adopted father a little bit later mm-hmm. in my life, and and they had gotten married. But it's when they were getting divorced that we started the the moving about. Um, right. so, so I did go to, um, like I mentioned, it was, it was eight different schools and it was in two different cities. Um, both of my parents have been, uh, divorced and remarried, um, uh, a handful of times, you know, and, um, so there was a lot of, of, of kind of jumping ship and changing, you know, um, uh, houses or changing locations and, and those types of things. And, you know, um, so in, in some of those houses, especially around my teenage years, um, yeah you know, I had, I had step parents along the way that, um, you know, w- you know, it wasn't exactly, um, positive experiences and, uh, without getting into the, the, the very private details of that, you know, it, it was a, it was a challenging time for me. Um, uh, at the time, again, I was a teenager. Um, I have language for it now, but I really didn't at the time. I just was, I felt very trapped. Um, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, it's like when I would have these, these issues at home, um, I would, you know, reach out in different ways. And, and oftentimes those, those, um, I guess, efforts were, were squashed or, or, or sort of pulled from me. And, and because of that, it's like I never really found um, a way out of it myself. I kind of had to just wait until I ultimately was old enough to pull myself out of that and, you know, move on as, as an adult. Yeah. Um, you know, so so music for me early on when I was approaching songwriting, um, was, I was very vulnerable in my songwriting. It's like, I would write about things that were very real to me and using the language I could at the time to express that. And, um, I've always been a songwriter. I've continued to be a songwriter over the years in different, um, you know, different ways. Um, but at at that very young age is when I really, I feel like had my, my, intentions very clearly cut it's like I knew what I was trying to express um, mm-hmm. I knew why I was expressing it yeah and as I as I grew uh, into an adult I was in different music projects along the way um, you know I've I, like I said I do play music for a living now so I've, I've I've approached it in different ways been a part of different vehicles and and so it it shifted you know it's like I might one one year be interested in trying to appeal to an audience based on what I think their musical taste may be. It's like, there was always, um, maybe a, an intention of honesty in my music, but I I feel like I had kind of lost sight of, of that early kind of solace. And so as I got to my adult years and especially in the last couple of years, um, I've been trying to re examine that side of me, you know, music is the one thing that has always been, um, you know, permanent in my life it's it's the one thing that I've always had um, to to really explore as you mentioned earlier you know artistically um, mm-hmm. issues or, or thoughts that I might be having personally and so the last couple of years I've been trying to get back to that I've been trying to find a way to express that vulnerability again um, because I know that there are people out there who've who have struggled with similar you know issues whether it's anxiety related or you know compulsiveness related and um, it may stem from similar reasons and, mm. you know, and, uh, uh, I know that if music was that medicine for me early on, um, that it may certainly be a medicine for, for somebody else. So my goals have been to re, uh, insert myself into that mentality and to try to, you know, refocus that. And so that's, that's what music has been for me even, you know, as of, as of late.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that, that's really interesting. And, um, uh therapeutically, what what do you think it is about the you know the creative musical process that is that is so helpful? Um you know, uh, I think that
1: and, and we had mentioned this uh, earlier when we were discussing some ideas and you know I think um you know as a human being, you know, really the most valuable thing that we can do, oftentimes is to create something. So whether that's you know cooking, whether that's um, you know uh, creating children, you know whether that's creating a business or a household or whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to focus on, you know to improve someone's life, um, creativity is is really rooted in that. You know it's it's almost like um, when we're creative, we're exploring all of the things that uh, make us who we are and make us who we want to be and you know, maybe even who we aren't and who we don't want to be. And I think the creative process is a great way to explore your intentions for life. So whether it's, you know, you trying to communicate with others, whether it's you trying to uh, communicate things from inside of yourself, I think that the exercise of exploring those things that are deep inside of you um, and that may cause you problems, that may give you joy and expressing that in a communicative way um to let others in on that is such a it's such a freeing experience. It's such a liberating thing to do. Um, you know, and that's why I think when people pursue things in a in a passionate way, you know, uh, you know, whether it's you with your 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 coaching services or, you know, even your podcast to connect other people, you know, it's like when we're trying to do something for somebody else in a creative way, I feel like our most, you know, interesting attributes start to come out and our most vulnerable attributes start to come out and you can package it in a way that helps others deal with maybe their vulnerable issues or their um you know their things that might be plaguing them Mm -hmm. um and i know that because when i was very young those those music artists that were creating music that you know they didn't know me and i didn't know them Mm -hmm. but i really felt their i really felt their humanity and their art and because of that it reminded me of mine and it kept me you know, centered in that whatever's happening that's maybe not so good is is you know hopefully and most likely not a permanent thing. And
0: yeah, yeah, you know,
1: I've I've applied that today because as an adult, of course, you know, as a as a as a kid, I was dealing with with issues directly. I was having to na- navigate things that were, you know, literally uh, oppressing me in that way, whether it was emotionally or, or physically. And um, today. The, the remnants of that you know the obsessiveness uh, kind of compulsivenesses that I that I deal with and the the anxious moments and the the social anxiety and and things like that um, you know music because of what I learned from the hope that it gave me to continue on forward you know I'm able to create those things for myself now to pull myself out of those out of those thoughts so it's like you know say I'm dealing with something and I know that I've already dealt with this particular issue. There's no reason to continue to, to let that thought um, be repeated in my mind four or five times. You know, think of something uh, as simple as, you know, um, I'm sure people who have similar issues might struggle with, you know, oh, did I lock the door before I left the house? And whereas somebody might say like, oh, I probably did. It's fine. I'll I'll deal with it later. Or, oh, well, let me just check on it. You know somebody who has you know maybe compulsive thoughts or struggles with that. They may have to go check the lot three or four times before they're even comfortable with you know leaving yeah. their their house or leaving their you know whatever. Yeah. And um, when I have those types of issues, um, you know I've I've tried to create processes for myself to to pull myself out of that. And uh, one of the earliest you know confidences or you know in that was music because it again made me realize that i don't have to dwell on these negative things and um again i believe that's where i learned to to navigate that and to kind of you know figure out how to address those things as yeah. they linger today
0: yeah yeah i remember when i was uh, a teenager I, uh, I i i was very much into um indie music but also kind of like folk music right. and uh i absolutely loved like sad, very sad songs um, in my kind of like late like late teenage years, and right. somehow uh, in a way, they just at that time the difficulties you know of being in a teenager or, or whatever, somehow they resonated with me, and I I just kind of I found it so helpful sometimes to listen to sad music. It would somehow in a way make me feel more positive, right? Uh, and I think something to do that uh, to do with that is the uh, the vulnerability that that the, the, the musicians are expressing through their through their songs and um so i i really do think that vulnerability is a big part of this what like um what do you think about that um
1: it's actually funny that you mentioned the uh, the sadness um you know quality in art or music or or just human beings in general um you know i i've always i've always felt like it's a, it's more of a it's a you know, a slightly depressing topic to, to speak about. And it's like, when I tell this to people, you know, in passing, um, you know, it's, it's almost like they, they kind of, you know, they, they almost, you know, take a second, like a, you know, second take. It's like, okay. And what I mean by that is, so I'm, I'm mentioning, I agree with you about the sadness and it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was younger and even today, I feel like when I'm listening to art that depicts sadness, I feel, I feel most human. and And the reason is because, I'm so acquainted with, um, you know, things like desperation or things like, um, um, you know, what would be a better word, desperation, um, feeling, you know, trapped, um, not being able to leave, whatever you're trying to, you know, whatever is oppressing you. I'm, I'm very acquainted with those types of moments that when you hear sadness in in another's art it almost reminds you that everyone has those types of issues and everyone struggles with sadness in some way yeah. and i feel i feel you know most most in touch with my humanity when when i when i feel sadness And um when i when i write i again especially in the last you know i've been a songwriter for you know almost 17 years i think now and uh, i've taken that these days and i've tried to funnel it in being as vulnerable as possible um being not afraid to put language to things like sadness and things like um you know um even even anxiety and and those types of things because you know it's almost like if we if we're accepting of the fact that we will feel sadness if we're accepting of the fact that we we are feeling sadness um you're less likely to dwell on it because you know that it's 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 Temporary just like every emotion everything that we experience is temporary in some way. Yeah, um, and if you if you welcome it um, it's almost like we can we can learn a lot from that because we can it really uh, it, it trains you. I don't want to say it thickens your skin because I don't think being calloused is the right the right approach but it's sort of um uh, It gives you perspective each time you experience it because you don't think of it as this negative emotion that's coming to rob me of joy you might just think of it as this challenge that I'm facing that will allow me to appreciate joy so much more, you know, appreciate things that are good um, more, more easily and maybe take those things for granted less, you
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really agree with you there. I think, um, I, I think it's, it's based around acceptance there in a, in a way what you're saying. It's kind of, you know, like we, we, we have a full range of emotions and feelings that, that, make us human and we you know if we're going to be healthy we need to be able to to open up to all of those feelings you know not just the positive ones and be able to to look at them and and feel them and really kind of explore them and when you're when you have that attitude as hard as it can be sometimes undoubtedly um but if you can try to to open up a little bit more to some of these difficult emotions and try to have that um attitude of wanting to know more about it and exploring it it can really really help how you feel about it and um, coming back to like the, the the sad music i think it's really important to mention um that when, when i was younger uh, like like i was saying sometimes it could be a positive experience to listen to sad music and undoubtedly that's that was often the case okay. however my obsessive tendencies would often come in and sometimes i would just find myself you know constantly listening to sad music right and then actually that can be quite counterproductive because if you if you're just doing that all the time then obviously like you know that can start having an effect on on you know your general happiness and how you feel so exactly (laughs) so it comes with a health warning in a way like Absolutely, right. like tune in and listen to some, some, some kind of sad music sometimes because listening and appreciating that vulnerability like you were just talking about and being aware that you know other people do suffer with very similar things to you is very powerful and very, um, very uplifting. Um, right. but, you, but you don't want to get stuck in a trap where you're kind of listening to it all the time because obviously if you have OCD, it's you know, quite easy to, to start kind of obsessing about things.
1: I um there was a there was a a, a pivotal kind of m- moment I think for me um in in music and um in the way that I looked at it I feel like um when I was young I always um knew that music was was a, c- a communication device meant to communicate at the end of the day um moving forward you know um because like you said there were moments in my life especially early on that I would listen to sad music that was sad for the sake of being sad so it was like um you know, like you said, if you do too much of one thing, like if you eat, you know, uh, 10 hamburgers in a day, you're probably not going to feel super great by the end of that day. If you eat a whole bag of, you know, something that's not great for you, you know, too much of something can be very, you know, uh, harmful in that way. And I was, I was, there was some music that I would listen to that was sad for the sake of being sad, or, or maybe um, exploiting sadness, right? So it's like, they would take the idea of sadness, and they would almost like, cheapen it and they would they would say okay you know um this is very sad when i'm talking about a sad but i don't really feel this as an emotion i just i am i'm almost just exploiting it as a um to make you feel sad right yeah. and then i was i was introduced to music um in my later teens um is especially where i learned about music that was that was sad in nature but not so much because the the artist was sad and wanted to make you feel sad but because they were navigating the fact that they were uh, sad or, or or hopeless in that way, so it was almost like, um, you know, taking ownership over what that what that feeling is or or what it does to you, and and um, you might express that it has, you know, brief ownership over you, or you might express that it doesn't at all. Um, but I think just the the openness to knowing that it is around the corner, uh, whether you like it or not. It's like, um, there's, there's a, almost like a bravery there that I found in some of these artists that were, were open to expressing that without, you know, without it consuming them. You can tell that they were not slaves to that. Um, just that they were unafraid of exploring that, you know, if you think of like a sad movie, um, or even a movie that's maybe sad is not the best word. Maybe, um, just depicting the human condition and and what that is day to day and Mm. just not being afraid to cut out those parts, you know? Um, you know, if you, if you, if you try to focus just on the things that give you a high in a good way, you can almost be crashed. You know, you can be totally, you know, just ruined by a sad moment. But if you don't look at it as something that's robbing you, if you look at it as just something that you're navigating it's just a, it's a different perspective i think than than uh um you know consuming it as just for the sake of
0: sadness right yeah absolutely yep really agree with that um so what are the some of the different um experiences you've had with anxiety you, you kind of mentioned to me earlier that um social anxiety was uh, has often been something that's been quite difficult for you to deal with right
1: um yeah so you know I'm actually um, excited to discuss this with you, being that this is a you know very you know um, you know OCD and kind of anxiety centered podcast. I can open more up about those, I guess details and those things that I know that somebody on the other side is like, okay, I, I understand that, um, and um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna think of a couple of things that come to mind that are tangible, and some of them will be small, some will be big, and just kind of go from there. So, one thing that I know that I I always do is um I have to I make a list. So, whether that's a list on a paper or whether that's a, a list that I've saved in my calendar on my on my smartphone or uh, or if it's just a mental kind of you know, obstacle course of of things. It's like I I constantly have to cr- create these checkpoints, you know, these check-off things because the way my the way my anxiety works is that if i don't attack it head on if i don't attack my to-do list in a way that i feel like i have it in front of me i cannot focus on the things that i need to be focusing on in the moment you know so that might be attending to my wife and daughter that might be um you know going to to work that might be you know focusing on a task that has a, a begin and an end and that needs to be completed so i might have an example of um you know what i need to do for the week or what i need to do for the day that i might have to think about seven eight nine times throughout the day um before i can you know get it off my my plate or move on to the next thing and some days are better than others and always i i know to separate myself from the um uh, you know from the i guess the the slavery of that but you know it's like the the anxiousness that i feel is that i cannot complete task without thinking about another and some of that probably comes from um you know i I wouldn't say i'm easily distracted but you know it's it's almost like my mind will try to distract me and that's that's one example of something that's that's a day-to-day yeah um you know um my more global things is i have um you know a very extreme need for stability so um, i mentioned my wife and daughter um my wife and i will make uh eight years married this summer and um uh, my daughter uh, just made nine months old. Um, you know, just, just uh, about a week or so ago, and yeah, you know, so because of that, uh, I have this, you know, extreme kind of need to make sure that we are, um, you know, happy, healthy, um, you know, comfortable, and and all the things that that I can do, all the things that I can control in a positive way, you know, without letting them consume me as much as I can. But, you know, those types of things are 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 globally. Always on my mind. I'm a huge planner. I I feel like if I don't plan as many steps ahead as possible, as often as possible, I start to obsess over the future in a in a in a not positive way. You know, so I've I've sort of taken an approach to that by you know planning out things as much as I can without planning every second. You know, because you can't live every day by an agenda. Um, but if I have an idea of what I'm doing. I find I can remove myself from the need to think about it perpetually. Um, and that, that is helpful for me. Um, I would say uh, a small thing that's, that's obsessive in nature is um, um, one of the the things I do when I get into my vehicle before I leave, um, I have to sort of uh, click my windows to make sure they're up. Uh, even though they're, they are up, they're already up. I have a garage and the, the windows are up, but I, I click them. I, I I lock my doors and it's not for the sake of the windows or the locked doors as much as it's just, um, it's a habit. It's just a compulsive habit that I know that if I go ahead and just do real quick, that I'll be able to, to move on, to to pull out of the garage and continue on with life. And, and it's, it's kind of a fun, uh, a funny part of it, you know, cause, uh, it's like, I, I don't let these things intrude on me to where I can't function. So I have to be able to just kind of, laugh them off when they're, when they're harmless, you know, when there's something yeah. I can maybe just uh, do if it takes 10 seconds, knock it out and then be done as opposed to um, uh, something that might take hours away from my day. Uh, I make sure I don't, you know, sit in those um, thoughts too long. Um, but, but d- those are some examples I have. um uh, One other small thing that might be worth mentioning is I've got, I know you can't, um, you can't see me, but I've got, um, are you familiar with um the term cauliflower ear like for boxers or wrestlers are you familiar yeah, with it Yeah
0: absolutely I mean uh, in, in the UK traditionally rugby players would get it if they were if they were in the part of the uh, the team that's involved in the the scrum which is okay. when you have uh, like two big guys who are right next to you and they're pushing basically right against you and so the the players in that position would get cauliflower ear Okay okay yeah. so
1: so that that sort of um you know physical manifestation from being you know it's, it's a it's like constant inflammation of your ear you know anything like that yeah um so since, since i was very young um and this wouldn't be rooted in maybe my instability this would be just uh, you know chemically i may have been predisposed to anxiety as well and i would have this habit where i would kind of fold and, and twist my ear um both of them and um today I, I do still do it occasionally. Um, it's not as bad. My wife is constantly kind of smacking my hand you know, just don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would sort of fold it and kind of, so I have, I have mild, uh, cauliflower ear, um, in both of my ears. It's, it's not, um, as drastic as maybe, you know, uh, a sports person or somebody who, but it is it is there, and you can see it once I point it out. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I do notice that. And um, you know, that's that's an a, an anxious habit of mine, you know, and that's something that I am, um, you know, it's it's almost like likened to like pacing or something like that. It just kind of mm. it's a it's a centering thing that is is not so good, <laughs> you know. It's not. Yeah. I, I don't and, I don't recommend that.
0: Yeah. And have you tried any any uh, any techniques or? any kind of uh, exposure response therapy for that or anything like that i do um anytime that i, I tend
1: to i find myself going going there and i can tell that I'm, I'm going to do it um so the 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 main thing that i do i would say day to day is i try to avoid it you know i try to make sure that that's not where my where my um i guess my my habits go um i try to maybe um busy myself with something else but if I find myself going there just out of kind of habit, I t- tend to uh, I I lessen my you know, my my strength when I do it. So for example, if I go to do it, instead of just really getting after it, like somebody might do, almost like you bite your fingernails or something like that, mm-hmm. I I tend to like lessen it. Like I might just kind of, you know, rub a little bit and then kind of put my hand down just so I can relieve the thought of it, but then not continue to do it in a way that would you know damage my ear further or, or, or something like that yeah um yeah so so i tried to i guess avoid it without letting the fact that i'm avoiding it make me continue to think about it you know because that that is that that's also you know a tough thing um so I, I would say these days i'm i'm not nearly as as um it's not nearly a habit that it was uh, especially as i entered into my later 20s um, you know, but but it took a while. Yeah, like I said, I've been yeah. doing that since I was a kid, really since I was probably a toddler.
0: Yeah, um, I, I so can it, imagine that's really difficult me. because uh, generally the, the advice with these things is like, you know, really try not to avo- avoid things um, right. because that that can kind of, you know, make it stronger. But right. I think what but what you're saying in a way is like you're 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 still you're, you're doing the thing but you're doing it a lot less than you were, you right. know? It, it's almost like this idea of like postponement with yeah. something, you know, something I, I sometimes recommend clients is like, okay, if you're having some really difficult thoughts about something and you're going around in circles and you you can't stop yourself from thinking about it, why don't you just say to yourself, okay, I'm gonna postpone thinking about it until I, I get home. And then, right. and then when, I, when I'm home, then I can actually like write it down in my journal. So I'm not going around again and again and again in my head. And actually like by postponing, by the time it kind of comes to like, you know, writing down about it in a journal a bit later on in the day, they've kind of got to a place in their head where they feel a little bit better about it. And they feel they don't need to think about it anymore. And I think what you're kind of uh, alluding to is kind of the same kind of thing. You know, it's like, okay, you're doing it, but you're just doing it a bit. And then you're stopping. And actually, you know, the fact that you're stopping is, is good because I imagine like there's a part of you that's telling you to keep on doing that, to do it more. And you're, and you're resisting that, which is obviously really good. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I I think, um, I, I agree with you about the postponing idea. Um, there are, because I'm obsessive in general, um, about everything, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very methodical and that's kind of what I've used to take the fact that I'm obsessive and make it positive. You know, I'm trying to be self-motivated and methodical in a way that I can not be obsessive for the sake of being obsessive, but to take the facts, the fact that I'm maybe have a good attention to detail and focus that in on creating method or process or a way of um, going about life that makes it more um, you know, less about being obsessed or less about worry and more about, okay, here's the challenge. How am I going to meet this challenge? And you mentioned about postponing some of the things that I deal with. I do exactly that. I know that if I let my thoughts get the best of me in the moment, if I'm, if I'm not careful to wait to entertain those, those thoughts, I, I sometimes make worse or not sometimes every time you make rash decisions. You make worse decisions if you entertain it too early because you also have the whirlwind of, of obsessiveness in the, in the same breath. So if there's something I want to deal with that I'm feeling very obsessive about, sometimes if I maybe write it down or take a mental note, and deal with it maybe an hour or two later, or as you mentioned, maybe just later in the day. I find myself dealing with it in the same capacity, but with a lot clearer head and without distraction from things that aren't actually helping me uh, conquer that challenge. You know, and and that's always been helpful for me in, in that way is to take something that instead of letting your Thoughts surround you in that moment and make you feel like you have to you have to deal with this now This has to be um, solved in this moment. I think to myself if it does not need to be solved in this moment Maybe if I attack it in an hour, I'll have a clearer head on how I can solve it Versus trying to come up with 10 problems or 10 issues why I can't solve it in that moment And then you're just you're spinning your wheels in this it, and it's not even about the, about the challenge at that point. It's just like this, oh, I can't solve that challenge. So it's it's not a solution based mindset at that point. So I try to focus on solution. I try to focus on what what do I need to do to get through this? And if that is waiting uh, an hour to think about it, or waiting a day, or maybe living with it for however long it takes for me to have a clear head on the problem or on the challenge, then I I tend to want to do that, you know, and it allows me to not be um, overwhelmed by that particular issue.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it often comes down to this, uh, the idea of doubt, you know, how much doubt are you uh, willing to be able to put up with, you know, because that is like the number one thing with OCD. It's the, the doubting disease it's often called and it's, you know, it's that that that, that negative doubt that's, that's saying to you, you need to resolve this now. You right. have to think, you have to come up with, with a solution because if you don't, then something, you know, terrible is going to happen. And, right. uh, you know, and actually that's just not the case at all. It's just a faulty message that's coming from the brain. And, you know, all that you actually need to do in that moment is to keep refocusing on the present moment and something right. that you care about in that moment, you know, hopefully your values, and you know, like if you're if you have something that you're really passionate about and that you really enjoy doing, like for you, music. Right. I, I, I think it that can you know, depending on what situation you're in. Obviously, like if you're at work, then you can't uh, you can't stop and uh, you know, bang out your guitar and start, uh, start right, sure. singing a song. Um however you know like uh it is good to have these things in life because um you know maybe you can be thinking about um, when you're at work you know kind of the the opportunity you're going to have at the weekend to practice exactly. your songs and it can be such a positive thing that you have in your in your life um, I, I agree and coming back to the kind of the music again so do you specifically, um, write songs about, about the, the problems that you experience with, with anxiety? Um, so
1: I, I do, I, I tend to, um, I try to take whatever subject matter I'm, um, you know, writing about or interested in, um, trying to communicate. And, um, I try to think to myself, you know, um, is this, uh, personal, specifically to myself, is it is it coming from the perspective of knowing what, um, you know, knowing what this experience might be like for somebody else, uh, you know, is it metaphorical in that way or is it you know literal? And I try to think to myself, what, how, how do I want to go about this? And um, the, I, I, I try to be, um, especially lately, as vulnerable as I can. So. I used yeah. to sense I used to censor myself. Um, I used to use my ability to 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 kind of conjure up poetry or conjure up language and and say, okay, how how can I make this sound um, beautiful, right? And and or pretty. Let's I'm use the word pretty or or whatever the 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 term might be, in order to to maybe impress upon somebody, right? And what I've I've tried to get away from is instead of thinking, what can I do to impress um, this person, or what can I do to impress upon this listener? My new my new goals are: what can I do to personalize this message that comes directly from inside of me, that will ultimately go directly, you know, inside of their thoughts and and help them not feel alone, you know? So whatever it is that they might be experiencing, whatever it is that I'm trying to write about, my goal is to make them feel less alone because i'm very acquainted uh, with loneliness and i know what it feels like to not feel um or seen i know what that that, that uh, you know that desperation is like and um, because of that i i do write about uh, my anxiety so especially in fact um I, I just finished a song and um i i record mix and, and produce all of my own music so I'm, I'm lucky that i have a home studio that i can really dive into that, you know, the the headspace of that and and really make sure that I can um, attack it in a way that's highly personal and highly, you know, specific to how I want it to be perceived by somebody. And um, I am working on a song now that will be released soon. I'm not sure when this uh, podcast may air, but um, uh, it is in in, in June that the song will be released. And uh, it specifically tackles the idea of not feeling good enough. And, um, uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier, um, the perpetual self-doubt. Um, I am, I am so acquainted with what that is, and and how that feels on a deep, deep level, that yeah. I I know that people need to feel, um, seen in those moments, and and I, method and all of the things that you know we might come up with to. Help us navigate. That uh, is 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 the is the answer. But feeling like you're not alone, I feel like is the is the inspiration part of it. You know, feeling like uh, this is not a new issue for humanity. Therefore, I can I can overcome that. And um, this particular song that I'm I'm going to be releasing is is one of the most not one of it's literally the most vulnerable song that I've I've written because it talks about the voices in your head that. Uh, try to, as you as you said, kind of destabilize you. Try to make you feel like, not only do you need to figure out whatever your solution is, but you have to do it right this second or else. Yeah. And and the the voices that may not be voices that somebody with maybe very extreme mental illness might struggle with, you know. But it's voices. It's the self doubt voice. It's that perpetual, you're not good enough. Um, you're never gonna be good enough so you should just you know give up totally you should you should not even uh uh spend more time thinking about how horrible you are or how you'll never solve this than trying to come up with a way to solve it and even a timeline to solve it and those voices are horrendous um they are um you know debilitating and they they're they're always there right and so because of that that particular song tackles that. and And I know that um, if I pour myself in, into my music in that way, because you asked, you know, do I talk about these issues?" I know especially as i as I practice this, because it's um it's not not just something I do, it's something I'm perpetually exploring. I know that if I dive into those things that make me who I am, I feel like I can maybe help or I can attempt to help somebody um, be more confident in who they are. And the things that make them good, and not focus on the things that make them feel uh, trapped, or you know, or um, uh, you know, not valuable, or or anything that would allow you to think that you cannot solve your problem, or that you have to solve it right then and there. And I almost feel like feeling like you have to solve it is almost like those same voices just reminding you that you can't and that's kind of why i agree with the idea of that postponement or that methodology or that knowing that with the exception of a burning building and people inside of that building not everything has to happen right that right, right that second and you know having a daughter has actually really I, I can't i don't recommend this as as a therapy because you know this <laughs> if you have children that's great you know but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it has certainly um freed me because my daughter who is a and she's a, a great kid she's a great baby and she's so easy on my wife and I in that way but because she has very real needs like maybe hunger or maybe diaper change or you know maybe she needs to be tended to because she can't balance herself she might fall down whatever the obvious things may be she has been such a learning curve a learning experience for me to say I definitely don't need to focus on these thoughts right now because there is something that does need my immediate attention and it's like learning through that has given me so much strength to to not just you know be wrapped up in those 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 impatient thoughts or those unnecessary thoughts it allows me to really see them for what they are you know and and yeah. they, they don't go away as 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 you and, and everyone who's listening I'm sure it knows they they never quite dissipate but it's like I know that they're you know they're oftentimes times liars you know it's like they they don't they don't know the full story the only story that they know is their ability to stress you that's that's really it and it's like having a daughter has made me has given me that strength because I've practiced it, you know, I have to shut that down in order to deal with something that does matter. And I would never um, pull myself from her in order to deal with something that doesn't matter right now. And because of that, I've gotten so much strength from it. And it's been such a therapy in that way. And I, I, I hope that I can share with her when she's older, you know, um, yeah. that what she was for me in that way. And one of the first songs that I wrote moving into this project this project um by the way is called the canary yellow that's what i'm calling this songwriting project and moving into it one of the first songs that i wrote in this kind of direction of of self you know evaluation and self um you know methodology and these things that we're discussing uh was was her i used her as my subject and in the song was called Radiant. And I, I'm I'm not mentioning it to to say listen to it, but it's just to show that she really has given me that that strength and that confidence to know that things don't always have to happen right then or else. Right. I've I've been able to really subdue that. Um, and it's allowed me to really focus my energy and and I'm so grateful, you know, to her for that. And I hope like I said as an adult, as as you know, I can I can really share that with her and and thank her for that and and because of those things I know that everything everybody needs something to help center them and it comes in lots of different forms and fashions and I know you coach people on ways to practice that and and just getting to the point of practicing it is is such a, an accomplishment sometimes but it's like if you can just see yourself on the other side of that hurdle and knowing that there have been people that have come before you that have tackled this, and, uh, you know, you more than likely will also find that fulfillment. You know, I feel like things along the way, like, you know, maybe music for me or, or maybe even music for somebody else or those positive things that can help ground you and remind you that there is life on the other side of this, um it's just it's an you know uh, a perpetually forever valuable thing and it was like that for me very young before i knew that before i knew to put language to that and as i'm older now and i've i've experienced it and practiced it it is it is my way of of facilitating that and 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 it gives me hope you know and and that's why i, I i'm centering myself in this um idea in this place yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's really, uh, really beautiful, actually, Josh, what you what you were saying there about that. And um, I think you're absolutely spot on with what you were saying about, um, you know, the thoughts kind of potentially can always be there. You know, like you might you might feel a lot better, you know, for a few days or for, for a few weeks or for, a, you know, for a few months. And you may, you may not get many obsessive thoughts for a certain amount of time. But at some point, you know, it's 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 quite likely that they will come back again. And when they do, you know, if you can have that attitude, that kind of acceptance of, oh, here come the thoughts again. But it's not a problem. I know it's not a problem that the thoughts are here. I know that it's OK. And I, and I know that I can still get on with my life and still do the things that are really important to me. Right. Um that is that is such an important message. And I, I think it's one that that will be so helpful um, um, for many people. it's certainly something that I try to remind myself every day right. in the morning, you know, like it's quite possible that today, you know, OCD might show up. Um, but if it does, that's okay. It doesn't matter. You know, I know that I can deal with it. I know that I have the skills um to be able to manage it in the moment when it does show up. And because I have that attitude, more often than not, you know, the OCD doesn't really show up that much because I'm not I'm not really that bothered about whether it does show up or not. Whereas in right. the past, you know, I was always kind of fighting with the thoughts and I was always pushing them away. And uh, and that was making them worse. And it, so it sounds like you've you've arrived in you know, a similar place. Um but through different methods, and um, sure. you know the, the the music is obviously a really, uh, a really powerful thing. And you know um, it's obviously uh, really helpful for you. So, if people wanted to find out more about your music, where can they where can they go? Sure.
1: Um, you know I, I am active on all of the the social medias, um, you know, especially on Instagram, but on Facebook, um Twitter. Um, you know, you can find, um, music on, on Spotify, really anywhere that you stream music and YouTube and, and whatnot. Um, also I have a website called the Canary Yellow. So like the bird, the thecanaryyellow.card, which is C A R R D dco C-O. Yeah. Uh, the project is, uh, is the Canary Yellow, uh, as I mentioned, and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm available, um, at any of those platforms. And, uh, all of the things that we discussed, you know, is, is where I practice those, those methods. Fantastic.
0: Okay. And if you were going to give one tip to people who struggle with OCD and anxiety, what, what, from your experience, what, what would it be?
1: Oh man. Okay. Um, you (laughs) know, (laughs) it's like, what, what do you tell somebody who's (laughs) okay? Um, I think, I think, the biggest thing to take away from my experiences and the things that I've I've built for myself um, would just be to to definitely view OCD and the anxieties that come from that and as as almost like an old friend you know it, it might be a, a villain in the very beginning and it might even still be a villain currently um, but ultimately you know you can you can repair those those ties you can you can use it to your advantage you can you can help it Become a motivator for you um, to focus on things that matter, um, not in just your day to day, but also in your global life, whether it's your family or your pursuits, and um, let it, you know, let it not be a negative voice all the time. Let it just be another voice. I think that's something that um, really works for me. And uh, lastly, I would say just to make sure to think of, you know, every day as a new day. You know. Uh, budget your, your minutes. Don't, don't try to foresee the next, um, pitfall. Um, you know, just, um, just take them as they come, see them for what they are, and just don't be afraid to just tackle them in the way that works best for your particular situation. And, um, just always remember that there's something on the other side. Um, and I think that's, that's the
0: best I can do. Fantastic. Now that's great, um, Josh. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Oh man, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me today, Ron. No worries. Many thanks. I hope you enjoyed that today. To find out more about Josh, you can go to Instagram at the Canary Yellow. Remember, if you want to know more about me, you can check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching UK. You can go and join the Facebook group if you like The Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group And also you can check out my website www.robertjamescoaching.com Many thanks And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer Any information that you view on my website Instagram page, Facebook group or anywhere else online Or any information that you listen to